David, what an episode with Hasu. He is just uh, so full of information. You know, this was a big contrast with our last episode with him, where mm-hmm. I felt like you know he's Hasu is still absolutely a Bitcoiner. But the last episode we ha- we had with Hasu, it was he really had his Bitcoiner hat on, right? And we were kind of the Ethereans, and he was the right. Bitcoiner, and we were talking about how these two universes. Mm-hmm. This was a different episode. I feel like we just had an episode with an Ethereum not a Bitcoiner, or with someone who straddles both sides of the fence, as you and I do. Not to get tribal, but he definitely used terms like we and us. And he has adopted, I think, the Ethereum community in the way that Mm -hmm. he he didn't maybe just nine to 12 uh, months ago when we we had him on the first time. Yeah, there's no getting away from tribalism in this space. And that's a topic in of itself. But let's now that I've said that we can just assume that that's true. And maybe I'll make some content about how that's true in the future. But (laughs) can't get can't get away from tribalism. And I remember back in 2017 and 2018, 2019, where Hazu was like a bona fide team Bitcoiner, right? Like team Bitcoiner with the Bitcoiner hat on. Um, And I was very jealous of that because I thought Hazu was an absolute genius. And when like the the guy that you respect and and think is a genius is on the team that you're not on, you get a little bit jealous, right? And like the the, and why I respected him was his clear his clear thinkingness, uh, his um, his his smartness, his his soundness and reasoning, and his sober thoughts. And so when all of these characters characteristics are of someone and that someone is on quote unquote team Bitcoin, which is not the team that I, I was on or I am on, then I got jealous. But you're totally right. Like Hazu coming into after being an absolute champion and ma- ensuring that EIP 1559 gets integrated into Ethereum and being on Ethereum community calls, which are a, a place of governance of Ethereum, the protocol. Yeah. Uh, if and Hazu, and then also Hazu being on this po- podcast and using terms like "we" and "us" to talk about changes to Ethereum, it's a it's a different Hazu, man. It's a different. Hazu. Yeah, it's very cool. And like you, you talk about tribalism, but there's a good benefit of of tribalism in that like people choose their tribes, right? Mm-hmm. I am Team Bitcoin. I am Team Ether because the values of these networks, their social contracts resonate with me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I would call myself on these teams as members of, of these tribes. Whereas I would not be like Team Tron. Those, that value right. system does not resonate with me at all. Or even like exist I, at all. Right. So yeah. um, I, I think that p- part of the reason that Hasu has become more in, like, drawn closer to the Ethereum community is he, he's seen this value shift. Um, he made the point in the, in the conversation that, you know, two years ago, three years ago, when he was first looking at crypto and he got into crypto in like 2017 or something. Right. So like he, he taught himself all of this, um, as an outside observer, you know, coming in a few years ago, but he didn't see these sound money values in, uh, Ethereum. And to be honest, David, neither did I, like, I didn't see them. They weren't even there. They weren't there. And, but what a shift the last Mm -hmm. three years has made. Uh, And now we're actually instantiating sound money values, not just as a narrative meme, but as core parts of the protocol. I, you know, I would definitely say Hasu is, is now also an Ethereum, but he, he's also a sound money Ethereum, which I feel like Ethereum culture needs more of. And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad he's here. And EIP 1559 is definitely what brought him here. Right. Sound money, Ether turning into sound money slowly over time is why Hazu is, is in Ethereum. He's not in Ethereum for dApps or, 
you know, decentralized Twitter or decentralized like whatever. He did say that DeFi is a fantastic use of a public permissionless blockchain, but he's here because he's seeing Ether and the Ethereum culture moving towards sounder and sounder money and perhaps ultrasound money if the meme plays out. Uh, and so Hazu is along for the ride and I'm absolutely stoked that he's with us on this roller coaster. But what do you think that of that point uh, that he made? I thought this is super insightful and and frankly quite honest. And he was so so. I, we asked the question about why doesn't Bitcoin or members of the Bitcoin community admit that there's a problem with the mm -hmm. sustainability of economic security into the future? And his response was basically like, "Well, if we admitted that, or if Bitcoiners admitted that, it would make it worse. And if it we make, don't, it, admit it would it, make it true." It would make it true. But if we don't admit it, if we stick our heads in the sand, if we imagine that it's not true, then the narrative persists and it becomes it becomes less of a problem. It becomes less mm -hmm. true. So, you know, and he even made the comment, like, I'm even uncomfortable saying that because right. to even admit that on some sort of pub public forum like the Bankless podcast might mm -hmm. affect the, uh, the narrative itself. What are your thoughts on that, right? So like we've, we've talked about money so much, David, as like this shared myth idea and Bitcoin is certainly a shared myth. Any monetary asset has a shared myth, but um, I guess that shared myth has to be grounded in some sort of objective truth. Like gold truly mm -hmm. is a scarce asset and cannot be replicated. Um, well, yeah, what were your thoughts on that part of the conversation? It was interesting to me. Yeah, Ethereans often call Bitcoin as secured by meme or secured by meme power. And, you know, mon money is meme, but that's it's not the same. It's, it's different. Like it's it's with it, it, if, if we accept this to be true, where if we talk about how, you know, Bitcoin sustainability might run out and that risk is only true if people are all aware of that, then everyone not being aware of that is how Bitcoin secures itself. But it's really about the social layer of can we label and name the flaw in Bitcoin sustainability. And if we can't, then no one thinks that Bitcoin is, un, uh, is unsustainable. And then everyone therefore points towards Bitcoin as the shelling point of global money and therefore transactional fees are sufficient. And this is why, this is why Bitcoiners say something as crazy as if something flips Bitcoin, then that's bad for the thing that flips Bitcoin because then that thing that flipped Bitcoin shows that it can it can also be flipped right no that's only true for bitcoin it stops there if <laughs> if and this is why bitcoiners need ether and bitcoin, bitcoin maximalists need ether to not be sound money because if proof of stake is proven and eip 1559 is proven and ether as an alternative sound money that isn't bitcoin is proven then that delegitimizes Bitcoin as a as the so much of the narrative that makes Bitcoin Bitcoin. If proof of stake is sustainable, if EIP 1559 works, we are proving that you can have sound money in ways that aren't Bitcoin. And having sound money that isn't Bitcoin is terrible for the Bitcoin narrative. And so Bitcoiners need Ether to not be sound money so that in contrast, they can promote BTC as sound money. Because if something uh, pricks that bubble, the Bitcoin bubble of how Bitcoin is secured by the shelling point of soundness. If something else is sound money, there can't be two sound monies and also Bitcoin work. There can only be one sound money and it needs to be Bitcoin. Any more than one sound money 
violates how Bitcoin secures itself in a sustainable fashion. Do you know another way to solve that problem though, David? Hmm. You take some of your Bitcoin and you buy Ether with it. <laughs> right that's the tribal way to do it i well, and but like so, i think so, the actual way to solve this problem is and this is it we don't have to go into this and i'll, and I'll uh, give the mic back to you but like the actual way that bitcoiners preserve the qualities that they want in bitcoin is to do what justin drake said and upload btc to ethereum and have that 21 million hard cap exist without any costs by using ethereum because that's what gold is. Gold is, is hard cap without costs. And BTC on Ethereum can also be hard cap without costs. But this is why, this is why, so I feel like th this is why I said the answer for a Bitcoiner who wants to do that, who believes in, in, in Bitcoin is to buy Ether is because that's what Hasu is doing. At least I'm inferring. He didn't tell us that he is, but like he told us uh, very, very emphatically and specifically that sound money culture eip 1559 this new scarcity mechanism makes him more bullish on ether because it exhibits things that he values which are characteristics of of sound money so he, he it's less about the i'm a bitcoiner right and more about like i'm a i'm a decentralized sound money advocate Maximized. i'm a, a yeah. bankless maximalist mm -hmm. maybe we might use that term and whatever network embodies those values is something i'm going to be bullish on and i'm not going to get my my head wrapped around a specific asset or a specific tribe i will just go where my value system lies and where i think has you know the network i think has the the best chances to create a, a sound money that's what that's the difference david is hasu has an open mind about mm -hmm. these things right, right. so if he sees these sound money virtues and the sound money thesis playing out in another network, whether that's Ethereum or some, something else, you bet he's going to convert some of his Bitcoin to this other thing, right? And that's the difference to me be, behind, like, it's almost like it's not about um, Bitcoin or, or Ethereum. It's about how are you closed-minded or can you right. accept new data and refine your, your thesis or preconceptions based on that new, new data? And I think that's a much healthier way to, to invest. And what you just said, where you, uh, you know, theoretically, Hazu has sold some of his BTC for Ether, right? Like, or at least he's buying Ether at the very least, because why would he be in the Ethereum community calls pushing forward this EIP, which he thinks adds value to the value of Ether if he doesn't have any Ether? But if, if we are assuming that people are here for sound money, not necessarily that they're here for Bitcoin, but they're here for sound money. And then they see Ether as a second sound money to arise out of crypto. And then they say, oh, there's another sound money. I will diversify out of my first and only sound money, which was Bitcoin, into Bitcoin and Ether. So they are selling their Bitcoin for their Ether, which is popping the bubble of Bitcoin's meme security layer yeah, as the only sound money, right? So if you are selling BTC for Ether, you are implying that Ether is, is possibly sound. And that selling of BTC and moving in, into Ether is the exact opposite of what needs to happen for Bitcoin to maintain sufficient security. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um... To, and, and to extend that, like Bitcoin might work if it was the only crypto economic system but if there is a secondary crypto economic system that also works, that doesn't work. Bitcoin might work in its current form if no other blockchains exist and it's the only thing that exists. But as soon as there's a secondary option, then that might be the thing that causes Bitcoin to fail. The other thing I would say is like, 
I feel like Bitcoin would work a lot better if it had 1% issuance from inception. I know others have made this point, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if issuance is that grade A fuel, thanks, Justin Drake, for the meme. Um, mm -hmm. It's a great analogy, great way to describe it. The grade A fuel is running out for Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Bitcoin community ignores this, has yeah, not grappled with, yeah, out of necessity, has not grappled with that fact. And I think Hasu is, uh, cares more about kind of like truth than about meme, meme narrative, the religion of the thing, though he recognizes meme narrative, the religion and social contract of the thing is important. So like he's been one to, to actually make that point that uh, Bitcoin security model is not sustainable in the long run. And by the way, neither is Ethereum 1.0's security model. It's, it's also not really sustainable or certainly it's not optimized, not but optimized. that's why these changes are, are being made. And, um, I guess my, my, my question to you, David is, um, how, how much do you think the rest of mainstream is kind of lagging behind on this, on this meme? I asked Hasu that at the end of the conversation, right? And he's like, well, the only thing is it's going to take time. How much time do you think it's going to take for um, Ethereum to move beyond that venture bet to like a sound money bet? I know we think of it that way, but mm -hmm. not everybody does who's in crypto right now. Well, there's no one clear answer is like, well, it's going to take exactly three years. Um, the, I think the way that this works is before Ether is in its ultrasound money form, which is uh, proof of stake levels of issuance, and then also EIP-1559. Those are the two combinations that make Ether ultra sound money. Before we're at that point, which is where we are today, where we do not have EIP-1559 and we still have proof of work issuance, uh, before that is Ether is in its option call state on a, on a sound money, where, where right now like there is insane amount of reward and upside if that is actually the way that it plays out. Then maybe in two years, one, one to two years, depending on how long it takes to cut off the proof of work issuance. And then assuming EIP 1559 does get integrated this coming June or July. So in 1.5 years, ETH becomes ultrasound money and no longer is it a call option on sound money. It's now just an undervalued sound money. And so we've, we go from, you know, uh, asymmetric returns on, on against your risk, uh, which is where we are now to just you are buying an under undervalued asset in one to five years or 1.5 years. And at that point, the market and the, the knowledge will start to, you know, uh, come to, to meet. And finally, uh, the plan would be that Ether just slowly appreciates as more and more of the world come to understand that it is sound money. So to answer your question, we're in a call option on future ETH sound money in, in right now. And then in 1.5 to two years, we are in a state of undervalued sound money that will slowly become appropriately valued over the next four to five years, 10 years, something. This goes, this goes something to like back to ether being like a market cycle behind bitcoin mm -hmm. basically yeah. or maybe a bit less if but it's if moving ether, faster it's moving, moving faster, faster. well what about this other question so hasi made the point that um this should have been foreseeable by everyone even the creators of ethereum the original uh founders of ethereum even somebody like mm -hmm. vitalik didn't right. call ether money in the beginning but if you if you think about the the game theory of it all of the eth holders of course are incented to 
not increase Make, issuance, right. but to decrease issuance over right. time. They will continue to do that. They're incented towards a social contract of minimum necessary issuance, the same way Bitcoiners were, where there was this decision in the road where they could be a, you know, a medium of exchange and go big block Bitcoin cash route, or they could be store value gold. What did they decide? Store value gold, right? And so mm -hmm. like his point was that every blockchain that emphasizes money and decentralized finance, of which those are the big blockchain use cases, will kind of collapse to a similar monetary policy. Like we do, Austrian sound money, we're not going to issue anymore, which begs the question, um, if Bitcoin can be sound money and if Ether can be sound money, can something else be sound money, mm -hmm. a different network? Can a different network rise up and embody these sound money principles into the future and start competing for that category as well. So I wrote about this, a very similar conversation in the article, uh, Ethereum is an emergent structure. And I made this comparison where like uh, Peepith, which is decentralized Twitter, where you would pay a small amount of ETH to make a tweet on Peepith on the blockchain, uh, how Peepith doesn't actually serve the needs of Ether holders very well. Because at, at the time in 2017, 2018, gas fees were so cheap where you could make one tweet using Peepith on, on Ethereum. And that one tweet would cost you 0.0001 Ether to make that tweet. And if you are an Ether whale and you have 10,000 Ether, that 0.0001 ETH per tweet doesn't answer the question of, well, what do I do with the rest of my 99.99999, you know, thousand ETH or whatever. And so this is why MakerDAO in 2017, 2018, grew outsized adoption versus Peepith in 2017, 2018, because MakerDAO gives you an option to leverage the full weight of your ether as sound money inside of the vaults. And so ether holders chose MakerDAO to be successful over Peepith. And this pattern recursed and recursed and recursed and created DeFi as we know it today, where ether holders have laid dormant, trying to find ways to use and leverage the value of their ether. And, and explicitly ether holders are Ethereum believers by definition. And so the ether holders uh, facilitated ether, the asset itself chose its own path to financially reward applications like MakerDAO, applications like Uniswap, like Compound, like Aave, that use Ether as collateral because that is the best way to use the value inside of Ether. And those things actually returned value back to Ether, the asset, and because it incentivized Ether holders to use the applications so that they could use the value in the asset that they own. It's a naturally emergent march towards using Ether as trustless collateral in applications, which is what sound money is. And going back to what you said, where the the outcome of this public permissionless l1 blockchains is always sound money because the the uh, the people steering this ship are the holders of that asset of the l1 and this is the exact same fallout between the bitcoin cash and bitcoin wars the people the 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 entity that won that war were the entity was the entity that saw the value in the l1 asset what is going to get you more rich Bitcoin used for cash settlements or Bitcoin used as a store of value. Bitcoin, the asset, chose that 
the winner of that. And it's the one that made Bitcoin the asset more valuable, which is the small blocker Bitcoiner side, rather than the Bitcoin is a cash settlement system side. It's the nature of the asset to dictate the direction of the L1 blockchain. And that direction is always into how do I maximize value? And that is why ultrasound money is so important because it's literally the crypto economic uh, optimization of the value of the asset. Ether is optimized for value. And that thing dictates what, and, and exactly what Hazi was saying in the podcast, where we aren't uh, developing these systems. We are discovering, discovering them. them. That was an awesome we, Ether yeah. discovers how to make itself sound money. And that's what it's been doing every step of the way. So it, it almost pokes a hole into, into this idea. And we've said this before um, a little bit, but we we've talked about the purpose of block of bitcoin being bitcoin b- being bitcoin the asset right whereas the purpose of ether being ethereum the network right so the purpose of bitcoin block space is to propagate bitcoin the asset and the pur- purpose of ethereum block space uh, is not necessarily for that ether sort of serves the the block space and serves the network rather than the other way around but what you just said is kind of different. What you just said is basically both of these networks are ultimately optimizing to create sound money, a sound mm-hmm. money asset on the other side. Bitcoin does this through through fixed cap. Um, Ethereum does this through DeFi and through mechanisms like EIP-1559. But the block space in Ethereum also serves to create a hard money, sound money asset as well at least that's the trajectory this is where ethereum is lead is 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 heading even i i would say um at the like even against the will or the desires of some of the people that were originally involved in ethereum who didn't want this ether thing to be sound money and on the other side of this we've got mechanisms that that make it more sound so maybe even in ethereum the block space serves the asset and serves to create a sound money asset at the end of the day as well. Yeah, the the native asset of the L1 of a specifically a smart contracting uh, platform like Ethereum is always the premier first class citizen of that blockchain. And the, na- the natural result of that is that asset becomes the hardest asset that exists on that chain. The chain optimizes for the asset, the, op- the asset optimizes for the chain. And the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum is that Bitcoin, the blockchain optimizes for BTC, the asset, but BTC, the asset doesn't optimize for Bitcoin, the blockchain. It's a one-way road. Whereas with Ethereum, there is a synergistic interaction between Ether, the asset optimizes Ethereum, the uh, platform and Ethereum, the platform then optimizes for Ether, the asset. And the benefits of one flow into the benefits of the other, which flow back into the benefits of the first one. And we have this recursive loop of optimizations that creates the world's most sound money. You know what I think Ethereum needs to work on post EIP fifteen five nine post uh, proof of stake going to production is, is it really culture, it's culture, dude. It's really is it's culture? layer it's layer zero. It's it's the social layer. If I look at the innovation on Bitcoin uh, over the past um, five years, let's say or so, it's solely completely been on layer zero essentially because they it's, have to because that's their only because it's a meme secured blockchain. It's completely ossified. And it's a meme secured blockchain, but um, they've done really well on Bitcoin has done really well on layer zero as evidenced by what? As evidenced by 
um, massive hedge funds purchasing Bitcoin, as evidenced by Michael Saylor from MicroStrategy purchasing Bitcoin, as evidenced from its legitimacy, it's gaining legitimacy in the mainstream financial narrative. Once these things are in place, once the like Bitcoin's only scarcity mechanism has been 21 million fixed cap. That's its narrative. And so it, it propagates this narrative. But once EIP 1559 is together, once proof of stake is in place, once the idea of an internet bond hits, hits mainstream, once honestly the underlying protocol of Ethereum ossifies to some degree, right? There's so much room for expansion on this this layer zero, this this narrative layer to kind of propagate and explain how all of this stuff works and how all of it at the end of the day produces sound money. So I'm super excited about that because that's some of the work that that we're doing and kind of bringing these concepts to, to the fold, but it, it, it means we're gonna be pretty busy, dude. <laughs> that definitely is exactly, exactly what that means. And I think we've been doing a pretty good job of that. Um, culture is definitely something that Bankless wants to produce. Something that I heard Hazu say years ago, if not more than a year ago, um, was that if, 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 if this Ethereum thing is going to work out, Ethereum culture is going to start to follow in the footsteps of Bitcoin culture. And that is definitely something that I have been seeing. And that, that culture is about being pro-fees being pro sound money. Yes. And hopefully some of the, the negative, some of the maybe toxic right. elements mm -hmm. of that culture aren't repeated either, but sure. we will have to see. David, that was a really cool discussion with Hasu. I'm pumped about that. Um, I mean, it just worked out as a perfect sequel episode to the Justin Drake episode. So man, that's awesome. EIP 1559 in June or July. Let's June or July, summer this year. All right. Summer. Thanks guys. This has been the debrief.